Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Callan FM. With me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. So this week, IKEA, known for its low-cost disposable items, is looking into leasing desks, beds and sofas. Factories have been stockpiling for Brexit, which actually on a positive note, is good for the warehousing sector. We're finding some positives in amongst all this. Small firms have been hit with Blue Monday as the costs and uh, new reporting requirements have come into place on the 1st of April. And broadband and landline providers will now automatically compensate customers when services do not work. But what we've chosen to talk about is something that um, caught my eye a few weeks ago I finally, finally admitted to Heather that I wanted to talk about finance in, in this slot. Yeah. And she finally <laughs> let me do it. <laughs> we do occasionally talk about finance here, don't we? But this one is alternative finance. The thing that prompted me to want to talk about this is crowdfunding. It's been around for ages, but one particular um, crowdfunding exercise that I followed with interest recently was incredibly successful. And I was really, really impressed by it as a way of funding your business growth. So this company called Flower Water Salt is a a bakery in Macclesfield and they rent a smallish shop front on on the main street in in Macclesfield and they're really, really popular. They make really good bread. I've, I've only ever tried it when they've been at farmer's markets. I've not been to their shop in Macclesfield but it's really good bread, really good cakes and, you know, they've got a really good, um, PR exercise going on but you know it's very genuine and what they were finding was that the little space they've got for people eating was too small with people also coming to the counter to buy bread so they decided that what they wanted to do is to extend into the two larger rooms at the back of the shop to make a bigger seating space and to expand the kitchen. They they said in their um, crowdfunder Oh, it's Kickstarter, actually, Kickstarter campaign that they've obviously got to buy commercial cooking equipment and they've got to have structural work done on the building, which the landlord has approved. They've raised two thirds of the money needed and they were using this crowdfunding campaign to get the final £20,000 that they needed, which really for a small business, they've, they've only been going for I think they've been in the shop for just over a year. They have wow. been baking for longer than that. Uh, it, that's a big outlay for, mm. for a business to do. And they, they've managed to pull that all together. They just needed some extra support. They managed to hit their target within four days. Oh, my gosh. And in fact, they've crashed through the target and they've raged £29,300 against their target of £20,000. That's and amazing. I just think it's a really excellent example of a well-run um, crowdfunding mm-hmm. campaign. And and as usual, that you have to offer something in return, really, to get people to do this. And they've engaged their customers, their potential customers, anybody who's really engaged with their brand, by offering everything from uh, a limited edition postcard for £5, um, an enamel pin, um, a bag, a bag for loaf, Shopper, oh, I like good. that for 20 Very quid. Good. Then brunch, so a £30 buys you brunch for two, uh, all the way up to uh, £120 for an Italian bread workshop, £200 to design a donut, £400 to attend a three day sourdough masterclass, and £950 was the top um, offer for private dinner for 12 at the premises there. And it just completely blew my mind that they did that in actually less than four days 
that is incredible. So they raised that money and now the work's underway and, and they're actually getting their building. So it secured the future for their business and, and that's the important thing. It, they, it's enabling them to grow their business. It reminds me of a few years ago, um, Ben from um, Integral Health in Shrewsbury. Yes, yeah, Ben Calder, he's often yeah, that, on with Denise. That's right, ben, yeah. yeah. He, he had a crowdfunder a few years ago for a similar sort of idea. It was to have structural work done on a building that he was renting just so that he could start to use a larger like meeting space. It was knocking two smaller rooms together. And I was impressed with him raising £9,000 within the time. He worked really, really hard to do that. But yeah, Flower Water Salt just blew it all out of the water when I saw what they did. So that's why I brought up alternative finance. And financial technology has, has been sort of, we mentioned it on the show a few times in the past. And we talk about the fact that it's it's brought about um, the democratisation of finance and all these platforms available so that it's lowering the barriers to entry so that corporations and institutions which have not previously offered finance can start to do it. So there's all sorts of things from crowdfunding to peer-to-peer funding. Um, then there's the connecting um, investors with businesses and social impact investing. It's all been there for a while, but it's just really starting to take a life of its own. Um, so much so that there's a whole department dedicated to it at Cambridge University. It's called the Cambridge Centre for Alternative Finance. And they're recognising, and that it's their belief that this isn't just a blip. This is actually a structural change. To, to the way that we're going to be operating. So Heather, sorry I, I put you on down the finance track, but did you find something of interest? Well, I, when you first mentioned it, I thought, oh, crikey, this is going to be so dry. But then when you mentioned your Kickstarter campaign, I thought, OK, that's that's a little bit more interesting. So I thought that I'd look at getting my head around what the different types of funding might mean, because you hear all of these different things, but you, actually, what? how does that work in in practice and I came across what I think is a brilliant website it's called alternativebusinessfunding.co.uk and it talks about asset finance business loans commercial property and then other types of funding and in that other types they include invoice finance crowdfunding um, working capital finance pension-led funding uh, all, all sorts of different things and some some of these you know some asset finance for example I'm familiar with from previous um, you, want, you know when I've worked with in organizations before um, but also the one section that I thought was great because if if you're interested in in alternative ways of raising funds that suggests that you have got your eye on the numbers um, and it talks about um, small business loan types um, government loans how to obtain credit looking at your cash flow, peer-to-peer lending and the advantages, why you would do one over the other. So I thought that was a really interesting um, website. Will you put the link on our website? I will put the link on, link on the website because um, even just to know what something means so that when somebody else mentions it to you, you can go, ah, I think I know what you're talking <laughs> about. That's, that's, a, that's a big win for me. So that, is, so that was my big take-home. Also, through all of that, I, I was finding there are various um, funding networks. Um, I think you need to be fairly vigilant and, and check out who's behind some of these organisations because, you know, they might look fantastic. But of course, you know, you can, you can throw up a website 
um, about anything and make it look amazing. Um, but yes, that's one of the negatives of the democratization of this is that yeah, you know, you it, can create a very nice shop window. Yes, totally. And you know, and that's great. But I think you just need to do your due diligence. Um, yeah, I mean, there's the funding network. There are various sort of um, um, venture capitalist angel sites, uh, and that's very much dependent on what you are looking for and what your offering is. And um, what I did come across that I thought was quite interesting was a website um, that had what to include in your pitch deck. Oh, that sounds good. Um, So what you need to be thinking about if you are pitching for funds um, or investment from somebody, I'll put a link to that as well on the business.community. Great. So that's alternative finance. And I think it's safe to say that the challenge is not um, the lack of choice. It, the challenge is actually picking through and finding the right one for you to use. So uh, do your research and uh, do share your ideas with us as well. If you've um, done any alternative financing or if you've invested um, your money in, in a company through one of these platforms, then we'd be interested to know. We've got news and events for you this week, and I'm going to start off with the events. Uh, The first takes place on the 9th of April. It's for new startups. It's a new startup workshop. Uh, It's free to attend, and it takes place in uh, Crewe at Cheshire College. Uh, It's um, aimed at... uh, It's a round of workshops aimed at people who are... um, who have just started their business, are about to start a business, um, and... Basically, if their business is less than 12 months old, so they're in the the startup phase, um, covering cash is king, you are the brand, and uh, networking made easy. So that looked like a good one that I thought you might be interested in. Uh, Chester Marketing Club are running an event um, on the 15th of April. It's actually hosted by Chris Grice of Tree Frog Digital. Some of you may know Chris. Um, So it's bound to be uh, entertaining and lively. Uh, That's taking place at their offices in Saltney. And it's looking at how to super supercharge your website. So thinking about um, what you need to be considering and uh, what they want to do is to address specific issues that you have with your own website. So um, they're asking you to email them through or, um, or or bring your laptop along and you can work, work on those during the workshop. Um, then right on our doorstep, April 24th, uh, Money Penny, who you, um, you see from the, the 483 here at Wrexham, they've got an open house and networking event free to attend. Uh, it runs from 8.30 till 10.30. Uh, and they have got um, their M- MD is going to be talking about the story of Money Penny. And finally, this is quite a biggie, taking place in Birmingham um, from the 9th to the 11th of April at the NEC. It's the health and safety event. So if you work in anything to do with health and safety, if you have an interest in health and safety, then um, this is the one for you. Uh, there are exhibitors, there are seminars uh, and um, opportunities for networking. 
So those are the events that I've got for you this week. Tracy, what have you got for us? Okay, so last night was the first ever Welsh Women's Award. It was a black tie event in Cardiff. And with the aim to acknowledge and celebrate the success of women entrepreneurs, businesswomen, professionals, civil servants, women in uniform, charity workers and many more. Now, I had a quick scan through all the different categories. There are loads. There's got to be 20 different categories here. And I noticed a couple of Wrexham based um people who were in here so beauty entrepreneur of the year hannah saunders of toddle she came second in that category so well done to hannah and welsh woman of the year award actually went to catherine Pugh, who's the face of avon cosmetics from wrexham oh fantastic so well done to everybody there um we'll keep an eye out for that next year and uh, if we know when the um, nominations are open for the next year then we will let you know Nominations are now open as well for 35 women under 35. Sadly, Heather, you just 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 missed the cut there. So Management Today's 35 Women Under 35 showcases Britain's top young businesswomen. And if you want to appear on that list... It is open to women from all sectors, they say from tech to travel, finance to fashion, and it can be based anywhere in the United Kingdom. You just have to be female and under 35 as of the 17th of June 2019. That's it. That's where we missed out. Just oh, missed yes. the cut, Heather. Yes. And if you want to apply, you need to go to Management Today's website and there's a form to fill in there. You can nominate yourself, a friend or a colleague. And you do have to pay to nominate. It's £99 plus VAT. The deadline for entries is Tuesday the 7th of May and a selection of winners will be invited to attend a photo shoot stroke interview on Thursday the 23rd of May. So that's not an awards dinner. It's actually they're selecting people to go on their published list. And you can see all the lists of previous winners on the Management Today Mm -hmm. website. Now, you mentioned about setting up your own business. There is an event being organised by Business Line in Wrexham on the 27th of April. And that's um, it's an open house event. It's open from nine till five. But they do recommend that you make yourself an appointment. And this is if you've got an initial idea for starting a business and you're wanting a little bit of guidance from the business support team at Business Line there. It will be a relaxed and informal appointment. Just go along there, chat about your ideas and they should be able to help you to identify any regulations you need to be aware of, licenses you need to hold, different types of legal structure uh, that your business could take. And also, I can wholeheartedly recommend their ability to find tools and resources that would be helpful. Gareth is particularly good at, at rooting out all of that information that you might find. It's completely free. And uh, it's well worth doing if you've just got an idea of what you want to do. So you can find a link for that on the uh, business line pages on rexham.gov.uk and you go just do a search there for business line. And as we've been talking about alternative finance, I did route out an event to do with alternative finance. This one's in Liverpool, but it might be worth your time and effort going. It's a free event. It's between 9 and 12 and it's taking place at the studio on Liverpool Science Park. It says if you're an entrepreneur or an SME looking to grow your business, this event is for you. And they'll be looking at grant funding, 
alternative sources of funding, tax relief available on research and development, and they'll have opportunities for time for you to ask questions and to gain some one-to-one advice. So there's a number of different um, things listed on the agenda, um, particular talks and um, about the R&D tax credits, alternative finance, etc. But then also an opportunity for networking and lunch at the end. So that's worth taking a look at. That's um, on Eventbrite and we'll put the link on our website, which is thebusiness.community. Here on The Business Community, we like to read through a range of books, some good, some bad, and some fairly indifferent. And I think I've only ever come across one book that I've really absolutely disliked and it was a bit of a marmite book because loads of people like it and then loads of people dislike it this book it just made me sigh (laughs) (laughs) it's like I I, I don't I wasn't even engaged enough in it to give it a bad review I just like oh but the one thing that's made me actually want to be really perfectly honest about this is that I paid 99 pence for this book, Kindle version of this book. Uh, did you do the same? Yes, I did. bought it yeah. last week. Yeah. So there was a sale on um, with Amazon on Kindle books. It was 99p and I said, OK, let's go for this. And actually, I looked at the price today and the current price for the Kindle book is £5.70 and £12.37 for a paperback. And in all honest, honesty, if a book makes me go, I can't be bothered with that, then I've got to tell you. Um It's called The Anti-Procrastination Mindset, The Simple Art of Finishing What You Start. And I didn't even finish the book. (laughs) (laughs) And I found myself saying, I'll read that later. So (laughs) Now, I don't want to just say I hated the book and give you no reason because it's not fair on the author. Um, Harry, and I'm afraid I'm... I'm, Heliger? Heliger? Sorry, Harry. Um, I want to give you some honest feedback here. Um, The Kindle version of the book wasn't well laid out, and I always find that quite distracting. So chapters and headings were split over different pages, and that's always a bad start Mm. for me. But I was prepared to give it a go. I'd pay 99p. I was going to read this. Uh, I'm very good at procrastinating. I have... I had 48 years of finding out ways to put off things that I don't want mm. to do. But I didn't get engaged. And I, and it might be because we've I've, we've read a, a couple of engaging books recently that have actually inspired me to go on to do something. But I, I just, the suggestions are sound, to be fair. The content, the suggestions are all sound. You could go and do some research and find it anywhere else on the internet. There's lots of tried and tested methods in there. But it just didn't engage me. It didn't take me along with it. You know, it's sort of at the end of a chapter where it says, now go and try this. I didn't. I just flipped the page and looked at the next one. And to, to the extent where I just flipped through it so quickly in the hope of finding something that that would capture my imagination. And sadly, I didn't. So I then clicked on the download, the additional material, and signed up for it, got the download and you know, there's quite a bit there, but it, again, it's a bit flat. They're, they're PDFs, and I would have liked in this day and age, there were questionnaires. You could have made an online questionnaire. There's loads of tools that you can do online questionnaires with. You could have perhaps considered that, but it's like a, a tick sheet questionnaire. But then there's, it's padded, like the first page is a title, and then there's the copyright things, then there's this, and then there's one page of the tool. The, 
I don't know. Yeah, I left left me flat, and I I apologise because I I suggested this one, Heather. I even sent you a message saying, "Oh, so sorry." <laughs> yes, and that was before I'd started looking at it, so that wasn't great. That either. wasn't going to get you no. um, stopping procrastinating and reading the book. No. So, no. did do you disagree with me on that review? I I think it's a fair review. I think that the fact that we were reading it on the Kindle app um, hasn't done it any favours. I don't know what the hard copy would have been like. Um, I really struggled with the flow of the book. Uh, So the best bit, and this is a good bit, um, is there's an appendix which has got 117 anti-procrastination hacks. Well, actually, there's 118. He gives us a, a, a bonus one. And some of those, whilst not rocket science, they are good ways of reminding yourself. And I, I've just picked out a few that um, that I thought, oh, yes, yeah, we must remember that. Watch your language and choose your words wisely when you talk to yourself. The most effective way to communicate with yourself is to give yourself very precise instructions so that exactly the right neural networks in your brain are fired off without costing you too much mental energy. So I I quite like that one. Um, He um, says, seek out an accountability buddy to support you to follow through on your goals and to be more accountable. That is something that is massive for me. You know, if I say that I'm, I'm going to do something, then I... I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, but if I haven't told told it to somebody else, then I can just put it off forever in my head. Um, he talks about the Pomodoro technique where you work in short, intense sprints of 25 minutes on your task so that you actually, um, you know, feel that you're making progress and you aren't just overwhelmed with this task that you're avoiding doing. Um And this is a really good one. When you plan your day, identify the top three most important tasks you want to accomplish. So we've all got a to-do list as long as our arms. Okay, what what would it... what would I need to achieve today to make today feel like I made progress? And I I think that's a really good one. And I think it is true that there's lots of really good suggestions in there, but it just didn't didn't draw me in I don't even remember reading those and I, I did read through virtually most of the book so yeah my, well, my bad <laughs> well they, they were what I was looking for uh yeah you know, I, I was all the time that I was reading the book I was thinking can you just give me something there are lots of links through to things yeah and they didn't always work necessarily from yeah so you didn't Kindle. manage to get the downloads no no because it, it for whatever reason it didn't work and yeah I don't there's no obvious reason why it wouldn't have done um yeah so I don't know I had high hopes from the book title yeah I had high hopes yeah and the reviews on Amazon are are, are genuinely good as well so I'd be interested to know from anybody else who's who's read the book as to what what you found um that you enjoyed about it and may, maybe it's a particular style that some people would like but I think I think particularly on the back of uh, pig wrestling which completely absorbed yes. me with its storytelling this just felt flat to me um the format distracted me and then the material was just a bit flat and I was I was hoping for so much more I think that, and I th- think you hit the nail on the head there we have reviewed a couple of really good books recently and so we are comparing you know, inevitably we we they're in the forefront of our minds and we're thinking oh it's not as good as it's not as good as I think if perhaps if you reviewed it in isolation it might feel a bit better yeah. but I whilst I wouldn't want to spend 12 pounds on the printed version um I don't think it works on the Kindle 
Okay, so we will put a link for this as we do with all of the books that we've reviewed. You'll find that in each episode, there's a short blog that Heather writes while I'm editing the music out of the show. And we do put a link there to Amazon. Now, we do that to, to not make vast amounts of money. But if you do click on that and buy a book from Amazon, it does put a few pence towards maintaining the website and our SoundCloud account. So if you really want to go and have a scroll through and have a look at the whole list of the books that we've actually talked about in the last 62 episodes. This week's business leader has got possibly the best name ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Um, and to add to all of that, she is a dame. She is Dame Priscilla Deborah Snowball or Scylla Snowball, which I just think is fantastic name. Fantastic name. Born in 1958, um, she, up until the end of last year, was um, chairman and chief exec of AMV BBDO, Abbott Mead Vickers, um, um, as you might more commonly know it. She graduated from Birmingham University in 1981 and went straight into the world of advertising uh, where she joined Alan Brady Marsh and Ogilvy and Mather. Uh, she is um, was on the board of BBDO Worldwide. She's on the board of Comet Relief and Birmingham University uh, and she is chairman of the Advertising Association, I think. I do need to just check that. She, she's had a lot of changes um, recently. In very think, recent yeah, stepped down months, and yes. taken up new roles. Yeah, but her, but she was made um, Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire in 2017 for services to advertising, diversity, and equality. Uh, she's. I want to be called Dame Scylla Snowball. Uh, yeah, I want to be called Dame anyway. I just think it'd just be great. <laughs> it's like top trumps, isn't it? Uh, I see your. CBE and I, yeah, Dame, 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 is the best, Dame yeah. Dame's the best. So, um, a career woman, uh, no question about it. But uh, I've watched a number of videos uh, of her being interviewed, and she seems really down to earth and really kind of quite normal. Um, she doesn't seem to have had to um, be, um, you know, a super bitch. To, to, to succeed and in fact one interview that I watched she talked about the fact that she fortunately um, hasn't encountered any um, uh, gender bias in her working career uh, she's not sure whether that's because of the environment that she works in which is quite a creative environment uh, she said she's had more bias about her name <laughs> than, than about her gender which I think is, is quite interesting given the period of time that she that she was coming up through the ranks, for want of a better word. Um, I, yeah, I quite like her. What, what what did you find out, Tracy? Well, um, unusually for me, I didn't watch any videos, so I'm interested in your take on, on how she comes across. I, I just stuck to um, um, surfing through the internet. Obviously, I started with Company's House, and she uh, has... 25 appointments against her name, of which only two are current. But um, she... Uh, is a current director of Derwent London PLC and Golden Bay Mansions Limited. And she resigned as director of Abbott Mead Vickers um, on the 31st of December 2018. She's also resigned from Comic Relief and Business in the Community. So she's still involved in a um, lot of yeah. other things, but actually resigned as director for those organisations. 
then looked at social media. So LinkedIn, she describes herself as portfolio director and women's business council chair and great private sector council. And on Twitter, she describes herself as chair of the Women's Business Council, Great Private Sector Council and non-exec for Derwent London PLC. And she is active on Twitter. So unlike a, a lot of the people that we've looked at recently with this sort of dormant social media account, she is posting on LinkedIn and she is posting on Twitter. But generally, I came with, away with the sense that actually there's a lot about her that I really connected with largely based on two things so um, cards on the table here one is the portfolio career I so get that this has always been my ambition and has pretty much been what I have been doing for the last 20 years and she she talks about she said in in one article I read in management uh, no sorry this is in the fold London which is a, a tailoring company. Okay. And they've got interviews with their famous clients. Okay. So it was a really good interview. And she talks here about always having enjoyed the side hustle. So her decision to step down from AMV BBDO last year was so that she could pursue this portfolio career. And she said, having always enjoyed side hustles and non-exec projects, going plural was a natural transition for me. So what I like about her, she's given me another way to describe what I do. Plural. I've gone plural. I've gone plural. Yes, it yes. Sounds, sounds very good. But the other, <laughs> the other thing that really um, made me connect to her in a bizarre way is she's talking about her style on, on this um, tailoring website and she says that her wardrobe consists of smart workwear and walking the dog slob wear with nothing in between and she says I've always struggled with smart casual a phrase that terrifies me and I have to hold my hand up and say I'm in exactly the same boat I don't actually know what smart casual means but I don't have any of those sorts of clothes <laughs> I have smart and I have don't leave the house wearing yes, that sort yes. of clothes <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 in the same camp. She um I found an interview um on uh, Barclays website um where she was uh, asked a number of questions. Um for example, what's the best piece of advice you've been given in business? And she said that um the best piece of advice I have had from a colleague was from a departing boss of mine who wrote me a letter as he left saying, "Stop trying to be a perfectionist. Excellence is fine." It came at a moment when I was in manic overdrive towards perfectionism in everything that would have killed me if I'd continued with it. So I was very grateful for that constructive criticism at an important time. That's a really good point, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, because and thinking about procrastination, you know, sometimes we are striving for something that is not necessarily achievable and it causes massive delay. Uh, and then one other, um, an interview that I saw, she'd been asked what was the most embarrassing moment in her career. And she mentioned that she was with at an important client meeting and they were they were presenting a, a piece of work and she was expecting her third child. And um, and she realised halfway through the meeting that she had gone into labour, <laughs> but she had to sit through the rest of the meeting because wow. um, the client was not prepared to end the meeting. So she literally had to hold on to this baby <laughs> That's and then hot foot it um, off to, to be delivered. Well, it just makes me think really badly of the client. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not sure at what stage in her career that was, yeah. but obviously at a time when she didn't feel able to say, uh, I need to excuse myself. Um, <laughs> I'm about to have a baby. 
So I've, I found an article which talks about management style. And uh, this is a, a recent article, so from March 2019, in Management Today. And the article's called Why Kind Leadership Wins. And she's made a list of things that she thinks makes a great leader. I'll just quickly run through them now. She says, number one, they love customers and colleagues and can't get through a sentence without mentioning them. Two, they are game changers. They don't fear ambiguity or problems. They can make tough decisions. They grasp nettles. Three, getting results as a matter of personal pride, not commercial imperative. Four, they love people and build rock-solid relationships, not sock rolled. Not sock rolled. No. Number five, they take on big workloads but don't crumble under the pressure. They have courage and they are not afraid to admit their mistakes. Number six, they have values and value-driven side hustles. That's projects outside work alongside their day jobs. Seven, they are clear, consistent and confident on goals and decisive in implementation. Eight, they listen, they ask questions, they want to know what you think. Nine, they tell the truth. And ten, they are kind. And she says kindness should never be misinterpreted for weakness. Kind leaders have a steadfast belief that the good guys will win. Kindness in leadership has great power. Mm. Another good reason to like Silla Snow. Absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, the snowball. <laughs> Still yeah. the snow. Still the snow. <laughs> snowball. Uh, I found um, a, re- um, a really interesting report actually that's been produced by Working Families, and um, lots of women in business uh, are, are writing in it, as is um, Dame Silla, and she talks about Generation Y, and um, at, at length, and you know their expectations of business, etc., and. Um, whilst I don't have a quote of hers from that, she actually quotes a Chinese proverb that says, if you want a lifetime of happiness, help the next generation. If we follow this, all the time we spend in understanding and helping Generation Y will be very well spent indeed for both them and for us. I like that. It's good, isn't it? It's, it's good. a good one. Well, my quote comes from the Management Today article that I was just referencing. She says... Do you really know what makes your people tick? Have you ever asked? Do you know their story, their ambition, their fears? That is absolutely the core of kind leadership. Good one. Very good one. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business. Oh.